0: This is The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm, I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN.
1: The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, at least for us. Yeah, absolutely. It's not the most beautiful day for a few NFL teams. (laughs) We've started OTAs, and the Twitter machine has already begun. Welcome to the program, The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Like most new houses, we are tankless today. Tank down in Atlanta, catching a couple Braves games with some, some of our loyal fans. He'll be back later in the week. Which means you have been left in the charge of myself. Brian Haynes and Caleb Peake. Yes, sir. Somebody's got to do it. Ah, uh, you know. It's, if anybody was going to do it, I feel like we're, we're as qualified as any three could be. <laughs> well, let's, let's let everybody else figure that out for yeah. us. <laughs> on a lot like 1992 up in here with a dream team. I, I feel like there was a lot of rampant disagreement at radios. <laughs> and I've got a little rampant disagreement myself. Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like there's a coach in the NFL that is proving me right with every word that comes out of his mouth. Chicago Bears head coach Matt Nagy did uh, Chris Collinsworth's uh, pro football focus show earlier today. And he had a a spicy take for week one. Mm -hmm. He tells Chris Collinsworth, Andy Dalton is our starter, Justin is our number two, and we're going to stick with this plan. You just got to trust the plan. Trust the process, man. Trust the process. And I think he actually means that when he says it. But I think he's patently false. And you know what tells me he's patently false? Just go to the Twitter machine and search Tua Tungavailoa right now. Ugh. Tua had a rough day. Yep. It was a less than ideal day. Five interceptions, two of them in seven on sevens. That's basically glorified flag football. It is. And he threw f- he threw two interceptions in that segment and three more. But Jacoby Brissett, his backup, also threw two. And right now, Dolphins fans on Twitter oh, we got to go get Deshaun Watson. Oh, we got to go get Aaron Rodgers. We got to go get. This is a guy you just took in the top five a year ago. And you've got fans that are jumping off the bridge at this at one practice, which by the way, was in a driving rainstorm. <laughs> I was gonna say
0: it's literally described as a monsoon, okay? Yeah.
1: Now now let me let, let me pose a question. Yes. Do you think Tuatonga Viloa is gonna get a little more leeway in the Miami media? than Andy Dalton is going to get in the Chicago media? Uh, yes, I agree with that. So here's my question to Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy comes out and says there is no possible scenario, no possible scenario, Zero. where Justin <laughs> Fields is their starter week one. This is the same player that he this week has been quoted as saying he has the mentality to rip your heart out. Mm-hmm. He has been every throw. Darnell Mooney comes out and says, "The very first one he threw to me was I, I was smiling mid route." You have all these puff pieces coming out of out of Chicago about how great Justin Fields is. What happens when Andy Dalton has his five interception OTA practice? Because I got news for you: against that defense, it's going to happen. Oh yeah, may not be today, may not be tomorrow, but it's going to
2: happen. It'll be just like Justin
1: Fields when you type in, or
2: type into a tongue of IEL, it comes up a dumpster fire.
1: And and here's my question: Yeah. If Matt Nagy was a little more secure as the head coach of the Chicago Bears, he didn't know that if we start out brutally, I'm probably going to be in the unemployment line. Do you think he'd be saying this about Andy Dalton? Because I I don't.
2: I don't think that at all. (laughs) He knows that he needs to win games, and that's why he's at this point saying, I'll go with the veteran over the rookie.
1: And this is the problem that I had with the Chicago Bears drafting Justin Fields when they did. Because now you have a win-now coach. And a franchise that would be best served to play the long game. Because Justin Fields is without a doubt the future of the franchise. Yes. Just like Tuatunga Vailoa is the future of the franchise with the Miami Dolphins. But when you look at the Dolphins, the Dolphins are playing the long game. The team is good. We have four more, we have three more years of the four years that Tuatunga Vailoa is on a rookie deal. We don't have to rush things. Just be patient. And Twitter's still losing its mind. (laughs) And you don't think, and Matt Nagy really doesn't think that's going to happen in Chicago. You don't think that you're going to give us all these puff pieces on Justin Fields, and the minute Andy Dalton doesn't look like captain efficiency with this defense and with David Montgomery and Allen Robinson and all of these win now pieces, you don't think Chicago media is going to turn on you?
2: Oh, I do one hundred. And, and you come out not
1: even—you're not even a week into mandatory OTAs, and they're already <laughs> telling us there is no shot. And Bill Belichick in New England is basically telling us Cam Newton is our starter. And guess what? I don't believe him any more than I believe Matt Nagy. I don't believe him as far as I can throw him. And with my back being the way it is, I shouldn't be throwing anybody. No, especially Bill Belichick. And we go to New England. And Matt Jones, you see all of these social media pieces of look at the touch from Matt Jones. And they put the Cam Newton video right beside it and he airmails the exact <laughs> same throw. Ten feet over the first string wide receiver's head. Mm-hmm. I use this line on the show a lot. When you hear hoofbeats it makes a lot more sense to assume horses than zebras. And I feel like every one of these teams is trying to position themselves of the the veteran gives us the best chance to win. And they're not understanding. They're not getting it. And I think it's all for the same reason. Because you're not used to this. The Miami Dolphins have not had a quarterback as hyped as Tua Bailoa. Bill Belichick has not had a rookie like Matt Jones, because he had Tom Brady for a bajillion years. Mm -hmm. The Chicago Bears have never had a quarterback as hyped as Justin Fields. Mm -mm. And what you don't understand is that in this era of social media, where every reporter, every beat writer has a cell phone, and we get all these videos and we see all these things, you lose the ability to lie to us because we see it. We see Justin Fields being the best quarterback in Chicago. We see Mac Jones being the most accurate quarterback in New England. We see Tua Tonga-Valoa struggling. You cannot lie to us because we see it. Because every beat writer has a camera phone, and every beat writer has a Twitter, and those two things add up to very difficult procedures for coaches to lie to us.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's obvious that... And that was what kind of surprised me going into this year that both Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy kept their jobs coming into a year like this when they know that was a quarterback heavy draft knowing that they could possibly get one they were talking about this all last season and if you're going to do that you don't want to put a win now coach in a position when you draft a new quarterback because they're going to want to play the veteran over that rookie I got a lot of flack on our YouTube channel mm-hmm. at the sportsocracy. You can
1: find us live every weekday morning on YouTube Live at the sportsocracy. Promos. And I got a ton of flack for saying things about Justin Fields and nobody could understand the narrative that I was trying to put out there. I don't have a problem that you brought back Ryan Pace and that you brought back Matt, Matt Nagy. I don't have a problem that you signed Andy Dalton. I don't have a problem that you drafted Justin Fields. I have a problem that you did all three of them at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> because you have set yourself up for disaster. You've got a coach that's looking at a 32-year-old quarterback who's been to the playoffs, started over 100 games in the NFL, consistent. He's Mr. Solid. Mm -hmm. He's the best thing that can happen to Matt Nagy. Mm -hmm. Brian, you and I were talking before the show about, do you think Matt Nagy ever just looks around and looks at Andy Dalton and goes, my career hinges on you? Yeah. And and yes, (laughs) I I do think he thinks that. But I I think you're, you're looking at the wrong quarterback. Yeah. I think he looks at Andy Dalton and goes, my defense is good enough. My running game is good enough. But what he doesn't understand, the fan base doesn't care Mm -mm. about Matt Nagy. The fan base doesn't wear jerseys that say Matt Nagy's name on the Mm nameplate. They wear Justin Fields' jerseys. They wear Chicago Bears' jerseys. They were fans before Matt Nagy. They will be fans after Matt Nagy. And they don't care if he's the coach.
0: So what did Matt Nagy say? He's talking about week one, right? The quote was, week one, uh, it's not going to be Field. So if he, said not, he
1: said, "There's. He Andy Dalton's our starter. Justin's our number two. We're going to stick with the play, and you just have to trust the play. And there was no possible no, No possible, possible chance scenario. he starts
0: week one. So it's likely that Andy Dalton is the sacrificial lamb to the L.A. Rams because the Rams are going to be coming.
1: And it's not going to go well for Andy Dalton. Well, it, and that, that gives Nagy cover to say, hey, look, we tried, man. See, but that's the thing. That's the thing. That's where Matt Nagy's not understanding this. This is where Bears fans are not understanding Mm -mm. this. Because I've gotten a ton of flack of, the Bears never fire coaches (laughs) mid-season. We (laughs) never do that.
2: 80 years of the franchise, we've never done that. You know what
1: else you've never done? You've never taken a quarterback that was as polarizing as Justin Fields. Mm -hmm. Think about the quarterbacks that this team has had over the years. There's a lot of Rex Grossman, Jay Cutler, (laughs) Cade McNown. Kyle Orton. It's a lot of just dudes. Yeah. Justin Fields, at the end of the day, is not a dude. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that we watched lead a uh, what I think we universally thought was an inferior team in Ohio State. In the Clemson, we watched it. We know who he is. So your fan base gets motivated by Justin Fields. So the first time that Andy Dalton struggles, what do you think they're going to do? If that happens in an OTA practice, mm-hmm. if that happens in a preseason game, if that happens week one against the Rams. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Right? You've set yourself up for failure. And then you come out and say there's no chance of Justin Fields. Do you realize how stupid you look Right. Uh, a month from now? <laughs> Dalton has three terrible practices in a row. And now you're looking at it going, you know what, Justin Fields might be the best ch- chance to save my job. And because people- I think that's the only way he can. All right, let's say that we've looked at the Bears' schedule. Mm-hmm. The best we think they can be is a wild card team. They're not winning this division because Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are absolutely winning this division. 100%. I don't think they're the second best team in this division. No, we believe Minnesota's probably. I that. think that's Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And so you look at the possible range of outcomes. And to me, that's, it's playing the odds. Maybe it's the gambler in me that I look at this and go, you have to play the odds. And if we simulated this season out a thousand times, how many times does Matt Nagy not make it to the end of the year? I would, God, it would
2: seem like a, a hundred I'd say, times. I'd say 400. I'd say 40% of the time.
1: Yeah. Because you look at the way this season starts. You start week one with the Rams. hmm I don't think it matters who you play at quarterback. You're They're not winning get, that game. No. no. You're no. not. No. And, and people say, oh, you don't want to put him in to be the sacrificial lamb against Aaron Donald and all these other things. You can't worry about that.
2: Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. In this
1: league, you can't worry about that. If you were worried about that, you should have been worried about that in the end of April when you drafted this kid, knowing exactly what was going to happen. But then you look at the schedule after that. It's the Bengals. Yeah, you have to go to the Browns, but it's the Bengals, the Lions, the the Raiders. That's the softest part of your schedule. Yeah,
0: you're three and five with Andy
1: Dalton. That's the only. Well, th- well uh, uh, it's three and two, maybe. I mean, I think you're three and two most likely. Most likely, no matter who the quarterback is, right. But then what? Yeah. Then you go Packers, Buccaneers, Forty ers Steelers, Ravens, Lions 99. on Thanksgiving.
2: Yeah. You can't put him. You can't. You, you're either going. And what he said earlier when he said don't want to make him the sacrificial lamb, I that would make what he's saying the most sense. But it doesn't. the The, the hype in Chicago is crazy. Over Justin Fields. Like, I have family members out there. They're talking about, oh my god, this guy's going to bring us to the darn championship game. And I just see it being in Matt Nagy's best interest to start Justin Fields from game and one. And that's my point. Yeah. That's my point. Mm-hmm. The NFL
1: media is showing you exactly what it does. Mm-hmm. Because who is Justin Fields right now? Incredible. Tua tunga a year ago. Yep. That's exactly who he is. We watched him on the biggest stage. He has all the hype but you have to put him in a position to succeed. The best position for him to succeed is to be the starter of this team week 1. And it seems like
2: Matt Nagy is just adamantly trending in the opposite direction because this guy needs snaps. He needs he needs all the snaps in mini camp. But not even the, it, yeah. I
1: agree with you on the snaps in mini camp. Yeah. That's not even really my point. The softest part of your schedule is the first 5 games. Yeah. If you don't put him in if he doesn't play the first 5 games, he shouldn't play at all. Yeah. Because there's not a pretty two game scenario there. And you know who I said that exact same thing about? The Miami Dolphins, uh-huh. who decided to start Ryan Fitzpatrick because he gives us the best opportunity uh-huh. to win. Uh-huh. And then you don't get the snaps for Tua. Tua doesn't play until midway through the season. It didn't make sense when you put him in because you were winning football games. Right. Then you missed the playoffs, and now your fan base is split. We could have won made the playoffs with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh-huh. But you put the rookie in now, which makes no sense. Right. We missed the playoffs. He doesn't get the full year. What does that sound like? What so, does that scenario sound
2: exactly a, like? Exactly like, like what Chicago's doing right it now. It sounds exactly <laughs> like the
1: Bears' schedule, where I think they could be, I don't know, four and three, five and three, mm-hmm. five and four, or somewhere in there. And then they decide to go to the rookie because he's clearly the best quarterback on the team. There's no doubt. You listen to anybody that's been around anything the Bears have done. Justin Fields has been electric. Now, do I think there's going to be a learning curve? Absolutely, because he takes off to run and all the things I said in the pre-draft process. But what I don't understand is why NFL teams do not learn from their predecessors. The Miami Dolphins laid out this exact same scenario one year ago. They literally gave the Bears a playbook on how to not boo-boo this. The only thing you can do that will mess you up is try to get the rookie in midseason. And now Matt Nagy is basically on Pro Football Focus talking to Chris Collinsworth, one of the most popular shows in the country, saying, nope, I learned Absolutely nothing. I learned not one thing from what they did last year.
0: And this has all got to be because he's got zero threat of being fired.
1: He's on a uh, zero duress for his that's job. That's not even kind of true. It's actually the exact opposite. Yes. It's because he knows he could be fired immediately. Mm-hmm. Because Matt Nagy, in spite of what Bears fans think, he's on the hottest seat in the
2: NFL. Yes. I mean,
1: literally, name me a coach on a hotter seat right There's now than not. Matt Nagy.
2: He'll be, I think he could be the first coach fired in this league coming into next season, and I don't think it's even close. I'll be
1: honest with you. I tried to come up with one that I think is even in the same ballpark. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find one. No. I mean, Vic Fangio. Uh, and they gave him Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. Yeah.
0: I think Matt Rule's I mean, got to do
1: well. Oh, he's made he's he's no fear to being fired. I'm talking about who who can start this season two and five and be unemployed. There's two. Yeah. It's Vic Fangio. And uh, Matt Nagy. And Matt Nagy. Uh-huh. That's it. And so now you've got this coach that's, that's in survival mode. Everything he's doing is to try to preserve his job. And you got the Bears that are, well, we need to look to the future. We need to look to what's best for the team. And this is exactly what I tried to say when the Bears drafted Justin Fields. You've already seen this. You've read this book one time before. And it just so happens to be so ironic that the Twitterverse is trending on two quarterbacks that are literally living the exact same narrative. To a tongue of Iowa last year, Justin Fields this year. Yeah. And if people it, try to tell you what they are, you should probably listen to them. Yep, Matt Nagy's telling you what he is. I'm here for myself. I'm here to save my job. My number one concern, what I wake up in the morning thinking about, what I lay my head down on the pillow at night thinking about, is how do I keep my job through this year and into next year? Mm-hmm. And currently, I think he's doing
2: the one thing that can get him fired the quickest. I think if he, goes, if he just says, we're going Justin Fields week one, give him all the snaps, that's going to buy him a little bit of leeway, I think. I mean, let's be really honest. Let's say he goes week one. Justin Fields is our starter. Week
1: one. Uh-huh. They're bye weeks in week 10. Yeah. all right. I already told you the schedule. So they yep. start at the Rams. That's a loss. Cincinnati, at Cleveland, Detroit, Vegas,
2: at that point you should be three and two, whether you're starting Andy Dalton or you're starting Justin Right, Stevens. Their defense is good enough to win those games, depending on, you know, as long as you don't have five interceptions.
1: And then you go Green Bay Packers at the defending Super Bowl loss. champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, loss.
2: San Francisco 49ers loss.
1: in Pittsburgh loss. in November. <laughs> like lost. Now loss, let loss, me ask loss. you a question. I just said you start three and two, then you go four losses in a row. Mm-hmm. That's three and six. Yes. If Matt Nagy's three and six going into the bye week with Andy with with Justin Fields, are you positive he gets fired? No, because I'm not. No, I'm not at all. I actually think they would give him more leeway because they don't want new systems and coaching changes and all 100%. that. One hundred percent. If they're three and nine going into the Week 10 by week with Andy Dalton as the starter.
2: See ya. Is there any chance he keeps his job? I don't think, I and I know that all of the Bears fans are going to say, they don't do this, they will do this, and he will be 100% gone. This
1: is what happens when you in the social media age, mm-hmm. in the TikTok video age, <laughs> in the short attention span time frame, when you have this quarterback that's so impressive, and we see him on the national stage, and everybody sees it. You get absolutely no leeway. Mm-hmm. None. You have to play that guy. He has to be good. And if he doesn't, it's your fault. You're in a Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. This hour of the program, as always, and this lovely studio brought to you by Ingles. Ingles, low prices, love the savings. When we come back, Brooks Kapka and, and Bryson DeChambeau. We've talked about this for an extended period oh, of man. time. We had the opportunity to have them paired at, at, at the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines starting tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And depending on who you listen to, mm-hmm. somebody threw a wrench into that.
2: I'll mm-hmm. tell you who after the break. Love the savings.
0: You're in the Sports Tank. Why are you smiling? Because I love football.
1: Welcome back into the Tuesday program, the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. We are tankless today, Tank in Atlanta. Be back in a few days. They left me and Brian Haynes from the Sports Hawkers in Taylor, Taylor. Peak uh-huh. in charge of the ship today. And you know who I'm, I'm struggling to figure out who's in charge? I'm struggling to figure out who's in charge with the USGA. Yeah. Because the pairings for uh, this week's US Open have come out, and guess who's not playing together?
2: Uh, that would be Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka.
1: But now there's dissension as to why. Yes. Brad Faxon, legendary golfer, yep. golf, uh, analyst for the Golf Channel now, former Furman Paladin, while we're putting that out there. Mm-hmm went on the Michael Breed show on SiriusXM today and said the USGA did call Bryson and his agent and asked them if they would be okay with playing with Brooks Kafka in the first two rounds of this tournament, and Bryson declined. Now, that poses a little bit of a problem for me because it's very customary that the reigning U.S. Open champion, which Deshambo is, mm-hmm. plays with the U.S. amateur champion, who is Tyler Strafacci. I think they said that correctly. Close enough. And a reigning major champion, Hideki Matiyama, Mm -hmm. which is who they will be. That that will be the the trio going off at 414 on Thursday. Right. So now my question is, is Brad Faxon, is he accurate in saying that the USGA did call Bryson the Shambo, and he said no? Or is this a manufactured story? Because Brooks Kapka is not a reigning major champion, not at the moment. He's won majors, mm-hmm. but he's not the reigning champion in any no, majors. Not. So they would have had to kind of break from the tradition of having the reigning US Open champion playing with the amateur champion, playing with a reigning major, mm-hmm. or, or playing with a reigning major champion. I think they should have done that. Mm-hmm. I have long said I don't believe that the USGA would do that. Mm-hmm. The USGA has always been it's not that they don't want headlines. They want the right kind of headlines. Right. And when you get into the Capcas buying beers for people that get kicked out of a tournament for yelling "Brooksy" at DeChambeau, mm. that was <laughs> what I went you know, this doesn't really strike me as something that the USGA is going to do. They're, they they want to
2: keep it more of the gentleman's game. They don't. Well, they you like, know, and then in the back seat, they're like, "We really like this. Keep this up." But in front, in front, they're like, "Hey, let's keep this gentlemanly." There, it is. there and it is. it is. Yeah. <laughs> to the
1: camera, they want to keep this gentlemanly. <laughs> they like drama wherever there's behind drama. the scenes. They're like, "Yeah, baby, ratings." And right now in golf, no Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. Phil is inconsistently at the top of the leaderboard. Mm -hmm. Ricky Fowler, who's one of the most popular golfers out there, is not here. You've got all of these things working against you, but you have Bryson DeChambeau and you have Brooks Kapka. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put this out there to you, Brian. Yes. And then I will give my opinion on what I think happened. Okay. If you had to put, I don't know, a doubloon or two on it, Mm -hmm. do you think the USGA
2: made this call? I am going to say that they did, and here's why. I think that, yes, you, I'm in agreement with what you said, that wouldn't it be the normal thing that we're going to do. But let's just say we reached out to him because we said, hey, why don't we do this and give it a little shot, kind of knowing. I don't know, maybe they knew, but it was something that they had to at least do to think that they can, and then everybody knows that Bryson was going to say no because that's the kind of person he is. He's going to be like, I don't want that kind of distraction, blah 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 blah. Because he's an overthinker, he's an overthinker. So I thought they might have reached out to him and changed things up a little. That's the only small tidbit of what I'm holding on to. I, I would, I would, I would put that percentage at about twenty five percent. I think there is absolutely no shot. <laughs>
1: That the USGA didn't make this call. Really? I think there is. And now, and now what it could be is, you know, a representative <laughs> just right. made a call and said, Hey, hey Bryson, do you, you, you think this would be a problem? Do
2: you think we could... We're uh, looking to get some ratings, just, Bryson. You know, what, do you, what, you, what do you thinking,
1: think? You know, this is Phil's home course, so that's that's going to help if, if Phil's in contention. Uh-huh. But, you know, but what if, what if he's not? We, we need something that's going to rate. Mm -hmm. And how would you feel about this? And, you know, Bryson DeChambeau, being the stereotypical party pooper that he is, went, Nope! No, sir! I don't like it! No! No! I'm going to wear my old man driving cap and I'm just going
2: to take 47 (laughs) hours to play around the golf. Now, if this comes out and is actually true... The best thing in the world, Well, even if it's not true, because it's already out there. This is out there already that this happened. So now Brooks is going to be able to sit back, get in front of a camera, on a microphone, and say to him, I don't care if he's playing next to me. I'm still going to play he's, with him. That would have been awesome. He's already said that. Oh, yeah.
1: Brooks Kepka already he's, said, yeah. I don't care who plays yeah. with me. Off the course is off the course. I'll play with whoever. Yeah. Now, here is where, you know, Brooks Kapka is very near and dear to my heart. Yeah, of course, he is. Alone, yes, yes. My favorite golfer, one of my favorite people in <laughs> the world. And you know, I am the I am the champion of petty. Yeah. And if I was Brooks Kapka, I think I might have to you know, do a little impromptu with the golf channel. I'm going and in just on say, this. You know, it's funny that Brad Faxon said that. Yeah, because somebody called my agent and asked <laughs> me how
2: I would feel about doing this, and I was all about it. Oh, that and, and that would, and that's 100 percent going to happen because that's Brooks Koepka smart. He knows that he can continue this and they can talk about it the whole time. And when Bre- Brooks comes up on the field, they're going to be talking about this. And everybody's going to get r- uh, rallied behind Brooks Kepka because I'd say 75% of the fans are going to back Brooks Kepka uh, in this feud. Oh, absolutely. Uh, th- yeah.
1: For what it's worth, mm-hmm. Brooks Kapka will play the first two rounds. He tees off tomorrow at 1029 a.m. He will be playing with Colin Morikawa and Justin Thomas.
2: Nice. I
1: mean, that's still a good that's still a good grouping. That's a hacker. I group. just you know I would have really liked the drama. We'll have a little more golf for you. At the end of the program, we'll give you some DFS picks for the US Open and some monkey picks. The sports tag. Just a bit outside. Alright, here's the
0: 411,
2: folks. Yeah. So uh, what do you what what of all the things in the world that you think you could get caught for being banned for a sub- substance in the Olympics um the this one is going to be on the top of my list of strange things of strange things that you could blame your your positive test on so U.S. champion Shelby Houlihan, who is our world record holder for the 1,500 and the 5,000 meters, posted on her social media that she's been banned for four years, filing a positive test for what she concluded was a tainted pork burrito. Uh, a oh. tainted pork burrito, yes. Okay, she, I have mm, I have a litany of questions here. <laughs> first of all, right. who gets pork in a burrito? Well, uh, pork carnitas... Good Look, stuff. I,
1: I, I'm not judging pork. Yeah. I like pork. What I don't understand is the the power rankings of of things you put in a burrito goes pork. steak. Yeah, chicken, chicken, and then everything, and else. and then ground beef, and then pork. No. I, I don't do ground
2: beef. No, but
1: okay. <laughs> but literally every other meat product mm-hmm. is just they're they're all tied for three. Mm-hmm. It's steak, if you're feeling a little a little you know a, a little right. less than healthy. Yes. It's chicken if you're just, you know, we're going to be lean with -hmm. the vegetables and the good things. And then everything else is if, they ran out of chicken and steak. right?
0: Yeah, pork is just a barbecue burrito.
2: Oh, it it does. Right, 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 right. Well, who, Houl- uh, Houlihan, who is now, she's 28 years old, and this would be her second Olympics. She finished 11th in the 2016 Rio de Janeiro Olympics. She said that she received an email from the Athletics Integrity Unit, the AIU, on January 14th, notifying that her drug testing sample returned a finding for the anabolic steroid, Nandrolone, is that how you say it? Nandro? Yeah. Nandro. I just noticed Nandro. She said it is since then, she has learned that it's long, long been understood that by the WADA, which is the World Anti-Doping Agency, that eating pork can lead to a false positive for Nando. Then since she did that, she went back and found out everything that she had eaten prior to that test. And it was come to believe that it was a street pork burrito that she got from a food truck right up the road from her house in Oregon.
1: So she looked at everything she had. Phoenix Sun Center DeAndre Ayton? <laughs>
2: I, all right, said I eight, could not do this. I said Aiden. I had said Aiden. No, don't worry. I've said
1: much worse. Oh, on this my show. God.
2: My, my, and this, what's funny is my fiance Christy, busts my chops every single time I say that. And you would think that when I get on some radio show, that I would actually say it right. Hey, as long as so, I don't have to cut your mic, you're all good. Yeah. <laughs> don't,
1: don't feel bad. I've used the word ilk and elk interchangeably for a very long time. Back to play. We cleared. That doesn't mean he's going to. Barring a setback. Ah. It doesn't mean he's going to. I'm not saying that he's not going to play. Okay, I'm just going to say there was absolutely no shot he played yesterday. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden, just a few hours before this game happens, where everybody like me and you and the lovely people listening out there in radio land all went, how in the world is Kevin Durant going to win this game by himself? And now all of a sudden James Harden can play. That's
2: just, it's awful convenient, don't you think? Just a little bit convenient. All right, just
1: a theoretical question. How many minutes do you think he plays tonight? Who I'm going to go, at best, 20. I'm going to say 24. I think he may find a way to be, but you know what I think this is? It's the Julio Jones effect. Mm -hmm. There's no shot he's better than 60% right now. Right. He had no chance of playing yesterday. But now the question is, is he better just being on the floor than the alternative? (laughs) I'm going to say yes. (laughs) Fun question. The Nets have played 26 games without James Harden since his first game on January 16th. Mm -hmm. They've played 42 games with him. Do you care to take a stab at what their record is with and without
2: him? With him, I know that they are very, very good. I think they only lost, what, 16 games? They're 34 and 8 with him. Yeah.
1: They're 13 and 13 without him. Yes, 500 balls. And there's a really simple reason for that. I pulled some metrics on what happens when James Harden and Kyrie Irving are not on the floor since the deal that brought James Harden to, to Brooklyn. Okay. When Harden and Kyrie Irving, -hmm. Or when when Harden and Durant are on the floor without Kyrie Irving. Okay. James Harden's usage rate's about 35%. Uh huh. Durant's is 33%. Mm -hmm. Do you know what happens without Irving and Harden? (laughs) Because, see, I thought it would be Kevin Durant's usage rate goes through the roof. It's a point higher. That's it? He has a 34.2% usage rate without Kyrie Irving and James Harden. You know whose usage rate goes through the roof? Mike James. Oh, my God. Who was, and here's the thing, Mike James in the first four games, he was plus 12 in game one. He was plus 30 in game two, plus six in game three. You know what he was in game four? Minus 20. Minus 17. And you know why? <laughs> because his role changed and now he can't be the little spark plug off the bench. Now he's the guy that's having to facilitate the offense Mm -hmm. because there is no Kyrie Irving, there is no James Harden, and now this basic scorer is having to facilitate the offense. And guess what it did? It stagnated.
2: Because that's not what he
1: does. His whole job is to come off the bench and be a little spark plug. Mm -hmm. And I would wager that Steve Nash looked around and went, all right, (laughs) James you're not exactly going to be Dennis Rodman defensively anyway. Mm-mm. Whether you're 100% or 5, you're going to be a little bit of a liability defensively. Can you at least bring the ball up? Mm-hmm. Can you at least just get the offense in motion? Because you know what he is? Even if James Harden is 60%, he's a threat. He's a threat, and he's somebody that Drew Holiday has to guard. And he can still shoot. Exactly. And now, instead of Drew Holiday having to guard Mike James, who is absolutely no problem defensively. Right. Drew Holiday showed that in Game 4. Not a problem. Now you got James Harden, who I still have to play defensively. Because if I play off of him the way I played off of Mike James, he's going to bury us. On one leg, he can still hurt us. And I kind of feel like that's what happened. I think they looked around and went, we know you're not 100%. Kyrie's not going to play. And I can't believe I'm about to say what I'm about to say out loud. Oh, boy. I have to give all the credit in the world to James Harden. Uh, Because I think he looked around the room and went, you know what? My team needs me. I'm not 100%. This could be bad for me in the long term. But without me, we're going to lose. Without me being a threat. If he doesn't play one minute tonight, you know what he's doing right now?
2: Changing the golf, the, the ball plant. He, plan. he is living rent free in <laughs> yeah. Milwaukee Bucks yeah. heads. And, and here's the thing: he I, to to piggyback on what you just said. He knows that this is a, his best chance to win a championship that he's ever had. He's, Without a doubt, he's thinking: if I could just give them something to where maybe we can pull off a win tonight. That still gives us another another chance for Kyrie to get healthy. I can maybe sit the next game. We can do this thing where we lose, and then we come back in game seven, and then we, we win that, and we can move forward. This is a very important game, and he knows it. And, again, I'm not believing I'm saying this because I hate James Harden. I got to give it to him for pushing out there and saying he's going to play.
1: This game is vitally important,
2: mm-hmm. and I'll
1: tell you why after we get weird.
0: On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's
1: Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. Michael Packard is a 56 year old commercial lobster diver. <laughs> and over the weekend, he did something that I can genuinely say I don't think anybody else has ever done and lived to tell about it. He was eaten by a
2: whale. He was. I heard this story. <laughs>
1: Mr. Packard was in the uh, it, it was off of Cape Cod mm-hmm. doing his lobster diver thing.
2: I don't know exactly how that works. I know there's I know there's traps. In their traps? It's like a they get down in there. It's like a, they're traps, and they, if they don't have the big boats, there's ways to get them out without being down in there.
1: See, I'm from you know there's a, when, when we bullet where yeah. I'm from, it's. Crawfish. Yeah. You know, we don't we don't do lobsters. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: Me and Jeremy are mountain kids. We don't, yeah. We, yeah, we yeah. don't we, get down we to the flatlands, you yeah, We we pull uh-huh. up
1: crawfish, so yeah. it's not yeah. you know it's not lobsters for us. Yeah. He was actually eaten by a whale. He was. <laughs> his quote was all of a sudden I felt this huge shove and the next thing I knew it was completely black. I could sense I was moving and I could feel the whale squeezing with the muscles in his mouth. First of all, that line is enough to make all of my skin just <laughs> shake.
0: <laughs>
1: because the thought of being eaten by anything uh-huh. is less than ideal. Uh-huh. Just imagine, like what? Where does your brain go at that point? Like yeah. you're just, you know, blub, blub, swimming around. Right. And then all of a sudden, the lights go out.
0: Uh, is that the first thing you think? I'm being eaten right now. I don't know what to find. Something.
1: I honestly, you know, I've thought about that. I pulled this story this morning. I actually pulled it. If we're being honest, I pulled it yesterday. I uh-huh. just didn't tell it. Uh, I've thought about this for basically 24 full hours now,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I don't know what I would think, but I can tell you what I would do immediately: panic. Yes, aggressively. <laughs> there would be. See, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to tell you, Jeremy, a little, a little Jeremy secret. I don't love the dark. No, okay. I don't think anybody loves the dark. No. I don't think anybody turns all the lights off and goes, hey, I can't see anything. This is great. Yeah. I'm and I'm not saying I'm scared of the dark. I just don't like it. Yeah. And I turn the light on. A little night light. There's nothing wrong with that. No. If I'm swimming in the depths of the ocean trying to find lobsters, you know, I like lobster. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it just goes night-night time when I was six. I think I'm going to have a panic time. Yeah. I'm going to need my blankie, and it's not going to be in the mouth of that whale. Mr. Packard was (laughs) spit out by the whale. (laughs) His words, not mine, he escaped with just bruises, no broken bones, and was released
2: from the hospital a day later. Right. And, And just this automatically reminds me of every, like, cheesy, like, I remember, like, in Sharknado. If, if you've had the courtesy of watching that beautiful cinema, I've watched cinematic, them all. When he gets swelled by there and he comes out with the chainsaw and he goes, it makes me think that you could actually do that now. You could 100% do that. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm going to tell you a, another secret about yeah. me
2: Sharknado,
1: all of them, <laughs> are some of the most epic pieces of cinema ever created. Yeah, Oscar Wilde. I have never seen Bull Durham, but I have seen. Every Sharknado.
2: I did just. It's unbelievable that we pick on this man all the time about the movies he has not seen, and the ones that he's seen is the entire catalog of the Sharknado series, all the and, sci-fi original movies, and, <laughs> and, and basketball. And I've basic, seen basketball baseball. about ten
1: times. Oh man, I, I do. I, I have to admit, I already hear the trailer for this in my head. Uh huh. One man, one whale. The lights are out. What will he do now? <laughs> Mm, I love Pauly that.
2: Paulie Shore, Kathy Griffin.
0: <laughs> he gets inside there, and there's a skeleton in a boat with a little fishing hat on. Oh yeah,
2: God, it's so so good. Here's something that I never thought that I would hear in the, uh, our beautiful country of the United States of America. Authorities in Texas said a kangaroo spotted hopping loose through a neighborhood was safely captured and returned to its owner. The Kendall County Sheriff's Office said deputies responded to the North Exchange area of Borney on Tuesday morning when residents reported a small kangaroo hopping loose. Deputies were able to capture the kangaroo with help from bystanders, the Sheriff's Office said. Investigators say they were able to identify the kangaroo's owner and reunite them with their pet. Here's my question how do you get a kangaroo as a pet? I know we've discussed tigers as pets and things like that before on the show, but here, I, I, all I can think in my head is that this kangaroo that you're keeping as a pet, are you keeping him outside to, like, box him to train? Like, you know, try to train this kangaroo said thing? This is insane that you can have a kangaroo as a pet. But, but, but... If it's gonna be in any state that it's that's probably gonna happen, it doesn't surprise me it's Texas. Brian, you asked how do you buy a kangaroo? Just yes. go to exoticanimalsforsale.net. I wasn't going to I wasn't
1: going to give them the free publicity, but yes, there is a oh website. My God. Literally the first result. Unbelievable. And you wanna know what that website, which I'm not going to give out again because mm-hmm. I'm not going to give I'm not going to give them the free publicity. Uh-huh. They have livestock, uh-huh. eggs, taxidermy, mm-hmm. fish, reptiles, birds. Hashtag birds aren't real. You know what they have in a in a in a link all by itself? What's that? Pigeons for sale. <laughs> you know why? Because
2: birds and pigeons are not the same thing. <laughs> and we all know that pigeons are government drones. Government drones 100%. sent out to not spy real. on us all over the place.
1: Not real. Uh, actually, a story I was going to tell yesterday, and I don't know why I just remembered this. Uh-huh. I, I can't remember where this story was, but somebody it was somewhere in america but i can't remember where it was they did some you know recreational things yeah and and we have a philosophy on this show uh-huh don't do crimes yeah don't it, do the it's crimes it's very simple don't do crimes they did crimes yeah and they found a a, a bird a baby bird mm-hmm. in the road mm-hmm. they called it an uber mm-hmm. they didn't take it to the to the animal hospital <laughs> because they knew That they had done crimes. And so they knew
2: that getting into that
1: Uber was a bad idea. And so they called it an Uber. And the craziest part of that story is the Uber driver took it to the hospital. Oh, my God. See, you should be lucky. See, this is why Jeremy could never be an Uber driver. Because I got news for you. If somebody flagged me down and said, "Uh, are are you Josh? I'm I'm Uber. And he said, here's the thing. I'm not actually going to get in this car. But my friend here, Mr. Tweety, he's going to sit in your back seat. I would go, no, I don't think he is. No, I don't actually think he is. And if you put him in my back seat, he will now legally own this car because
2: I'm out. And here's the thing. This wouldn't be been the first time that a, that a bird has entered Jeremy's car, which is hence why we are in this position now. Correct. Of listening to this Birds Aren't Real Fiasco. You
1: know what that? You know what that bird and that potential Uber <laughs> bird hadn't come. What was that? They both would have possessed my car legally in the state of North Carolina <laughs> because they would have been in it and I wouldn't have been. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's awesome. It's awesome. Birds not- may not be real, but you know what is real? What is real? James Harden is playing tonight. That's actually going to happen. And I'm going to be honest with you. Even if James Harden is completely compromised. I still think they have a markedly better chance to win tonight than they do without him.
2: I do. I do too. I just think that he, he could this be the Willis Reed moment? As we're going, I knew on you were going to say. I, I knew. <laughs> I intentionally did not say that because I knew you were going to. See, as a Knicks fan, you have grown up on the fact that Willis Reed came out when he wasn't supposed to play. Came out of the locker room. He played a total of like four minutes. Hit a shot. Got a couple rebounds. Never played again. But it was such inspiring for the fans and the team that they were able to go on and win and win the championship game. Is James Harden another left-hander? Willis Reed was left-handed. This is—I mean—the the, the similarities are uncanny. Here's the thing. It changes the
1: defensive matchups
2: aggressively. It
1: does. Because now Drew Holiday, instead of drawing Mike James, gets James Harden. Yes. Bruce Brown's on Chris Middleton. P.J. Tucker's still on Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. But there's still one huge advantage. And it's Giannis. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest with you. There's only one player in this game tonight where my, my stance on them can aggressively change based on what happens tonight. And I'm going to be honest with you. Whoever wins tonight wins the series.
2: Wins the series. Period. I, I don't think I there's agree. any
1: way that, as hurt as the Nets are, and as much better when they're healthy as they are, than the Bucks. I don't see any team winning two games in a row here. I no, don't. I, I could. This is this is a must-win for. Both I think teams. this is going seven. If the Nets win, mm-hmm. if the Nets win tonight, I could see a path where Harden's just completely compromised. Game six, they're a little listless and they get beaten in Milwaukee. Yeah, that's the only way this goes six, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I think Milwaukee wins the next game regardless. I would agree with that. There's only one player in the series who my opinion on can change aggressively based off what happens tonight. And it's
2: Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh, uh, knew you were going say that.
1: If you can't win this game, mm-hmm. you're not the guy. Period. You're not. You're coming up against a team that has lost at least a quarter of their offense. Yes, Kyrie Irving is at least, elite, at least 25% of the usage on this team. Mm-hmm. He is an elite scorer mm-hmm. of the basketball. Not good defensively. We argued about that this morning. Mm-hmm. Hashtag B.J. Armstrong reference. <laughs> In the Sportsocracy it. Live. It's fun. 9 a.m. YouTube, Facebook Live. At the Sportsocracy. But at the end of the day, this has changed the defensive matchups to such a point that the one person I look at and go, you have a tremendous advantage, is Giannis Antetokounmpo. And if he cannot make this happen, if Giannis comes out tonight and he's 10 seconds at the freezer line every time he shoots, by the way, I'm going to say this is somebody that was a shooter.
2: Stop taking it's all shoot. Yeah, it's it's pathetic. This I is like,
1: I've, I heard, I can't remember who it was. Somebody equated this. So this is like putting mm-hmm. the longer you take to putt. And they compared it to Sergio Garcia, mm-hmm. Sergio Garcia. There's literally a direct correlation. We'll give you us open picks in the last segment of the show. Mm-hmm. Tell you who's going to win. Uh, there's a direct correlation to how often Sergio Garcia regrips his putter to how often he makes putts. Right. And eventually he figured that out and went,
2: Okay, I'm gonna stop doing that. I don't need to do that.
1: Y- Giannis, buddy, you're not a good shooter in the first place. Just shoot it. They're running the, the more you dash think about faster. it, The more you think about it, the worse off you're gonna be. Uh huh. But if he comes out tonight and he's in any way passive, mm-hmm. because you are gonna have Bruce Brown on Chris Middleton. hmm Bruce Brown's a pretty good defender. I know there's a size
2: advantage for Middleton. I get that. But Bruce Brown's still a pretty good defender. I like... I like. He's young, and he's got, he's got it in them. Harden is going to go at Drew Holiday. Yes. Even if he's
1: compromised, he's still going to be an offensive force that Drew Holiday has to deal with. Mm-hmm. The one spot that I'm looking at and going, you no doubt, you no doubt have the advantage is with Giannis. And if he can't put this team on his back, I'm going to judge him for it. And I'm going to say, maybe you're... In that Charles Barkley. Yeah, you were really good. But you never could be the best team on a championship team. And that's what I'm best saying. Best player on a
2: championship He's, It's already started to come down, and this was a year that he needed to turn around. They they, they re-signed the contract. They made a deal for, for P.J. Tucker in the season. They got Drew Holiday in the offseason. They did what he wanted them to do. And you're facing a team that is just completely destroyed by injuries. If you cannot win this game, because I don't care how, even with James Harden playing, I don't. He's not. He's not full James Harden. So if you can't win this game, it's not going to look good on Giannis. No, it's it, to me that's the that's the
1: one takeaway I could have from this. The Nets couldn't get away from this because you can't because you're going to have Kyrie, you're going to have Harden, you're going to have Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have opportunities to win titles moving forward. Yeah. My fear is that this is the best team that Giannis ever gets to put around him. Yeah. Because it's small market Milwaukee. This is not a place free agents are going to go. You're up against the cap because of what you're paying Middleton, what you're paying Giannis, what you're paying Drew Holiday. Yep. This this team doesn't have a whole lot of paths to get better. I mean, yeah, they had the Boyan Bogdanovich thing that was allegedly done and then not done. Yeah, that, that was a little weird. I'm
2: sure they could use him right now. A hundred percent. A hundred percent.
1: If I had a dollar for every time I thought that in this series uh-huh. of Man, boy, on Bogdanovich would look good at the three point line <laughs> yeah. wearing that Milwaukee Bucks jersey right he now. He sure would. Ugh. So
0: tonight is four on four. Then, essentially, with if if Harden is going to be on the floor with a hamstring injury, the cuts are going to be reduced. He's not going to be moving around, so he's going to be a matters. statue behind the three point I don't line, think it which means
1: he's a decoy for uh, for Drew Holiday. He he could be, but here's the thing: it moves all the matchups around. Yeah, you go to a he doesn't defense. have to be. the The thing that I think people are going to look at is. If James Harden has his Willis-Reed moment and he comes out, do you remember how many Willis, how many points Willis-Reed actually had in that game? It was two. Yeah, there <laughs> you go. One like, he, one like he came out and scored 40. Yeah, two. But it was the lift of the team. Yes. And I do think there could be something in that. You could see Joe Harris with a little pep in his step. You could see Bruce Brown hopefully not shooting. Don't shoot. Just stop shooting. I don't mm-hmm. care that Kyrie's not playing. I don't care that if James Harden can't shoot. Bruce Brown's still not a solution to shoot. I think it could be an, a lift to the team with them knowing full well this isn't their last shot, but if you lose, even with the injuries, you're going to hear this all off-season long. You built the super team, and you
2: couldn't get it done, and can this team do it this way together? Yeah, I'm sorry, no, he hit two jump shots. Will Street hit two jump shots. I can see Harden coming out, hitting his first two three-pointers, blazing the roof, and then saying, you know what I need to say. No, that. Harden could have nine off the three alone. Yeah, <laughs> no, right. I know, right. I think he's going to play.
1: I'm not going full conspiracy theory, tinfoil on my head guy. Mm-hmm. Trust me, there's a lot of that on Twitter right now. Of Oh, they're just saying James Harden's going to play so that Milwaukee has to deal with it. Uh, but I don't think it hurts anything. But I don't think they're going to say he's been cleared to play in five minutes before tip off. They go about that James Harden thing.
2: Uh, no, yeah, he's going he's going to play. He's going to start. How many minutes he plays is up in the air. I don't think it's more than twenty.
1: I would put him in that twenty to twenty four range. Yeah, and I think just the 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 lift that he's going to give that team by being on the floor. Mm-hmm. I think that could very well be enough. I do. I'm still picking the Bucks to win this game. And I think they will, and I think they'll win the series. Because I think inj- injuries have gotten the Nets. But I'm not sure of that. I'm not at the... It, it, at 9 o'clock this morning, I was at the your House level of confidence. Yeah. I wouldn't bet the water in my water bottle right now. <laughs> well, that's not true.
2: I mean, you are I mean, I'd, I... Mean,
1: I'd, <laughs> I, you know, I'd throw a flyer at just about anything. Yeah. But <laughs> I feel better than that. Yes, 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 yes. I do think the Bucks
2: are going to win this game. I... You I, don't agree with me, do you? I, I just have this weird feeling, and I talked about it a little bit this morning on the show, that this is the perfect time for Kevin Durant to show the world who he is as a ball player. I could see them getting this lift from James Harden in the beginning of the game and then I could just see Kevin Durant completely taking over like in a second half and having like and having a 50 point game.
1: The the I, I I've heard that and mm-hmm. it again wouldn't stun me. Uh-huh. I think there's a better likelihood. Uh-huh. That you get the Durant or you get the Harden pop in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Then Harden's mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Kevin Durant tries to do everything himself, mm-hmm. and P.J. Tucker drives him crazy. And he and he's done that. Uh, it, because that's what he that's what he's here for. Yes, that's the only I way I have laughed doing. at a lot of people that are like, P.J. Tucker's washed it. No, he's not. No. Because you know what he's doing? He's irritating Kevin Durant. And he can
2: do exactly what he's brought in he's here. He's an doing. irk.
1: That's what he was brought here to be, is to be irksome. And he's yeah. doing a very good job of
2: it. He's like dream on i not saying Undering. the bins has
1: been great.
2: No. Just saying he's been very irritating. He's irritating. He can hit it every corner of three he takes, basically. All right. There are the two of you, you sound like you're taking the Nets. I'm going to take the Nets because I believe that Kevin Durant's going to have crazy game.
1: Are you just taking them plus the two and a half, or are you taking them to win? I'm um, taking, ooh.
2: Ah-ha. Ah, it's that. Now You got, no. It's that I, last I, I, frontier I, of the <laughs> two and a half. Ah. Uh, I'm going to take him to win this game outright. Nets to win?
1: Yeah, Nets to win. Let me go Milwaukee wins. I'm going to take Milwaukee to win. Okay. I'm going to take Milwaukee to cover the two and a half. huh. We'll be back in just a minute this hour of the program, as always, brought to you by Wicked Weed Brewing. Wicked Bre- WickedWeedBrewing.com. Drink different. After the commercial break, I'll give you my picks to win the U.S. Open, your money-making picks, and another series of MonkeyKnifeFight.com picks for the U.S. Open right after this. Stop.
0: You're in the
1: Sports Tank.
2: What are you people? On dope?
1: We got the U.S. Open coming up this week. You have to get your lineups in if you're going to play DFS, if you're going to play Monkey Knife, if you're going to play any of those things. I got a few guys that I feel really good about. Mm-hmm. And and unfortunately, Brian and I have one of the same guys that we really like to win this. Uh-huh. It's John Rahm. John Rahm. I'll, t- I'll tell you a fun little stat about John Rahm. He's 51 under par at Tory Pines since 2017. Yeah. That's five shots better than any other player in that span. Uh uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. He likes Torrey Torrey Pines a lot.
2: Yes, and he's kind of on fire, maybe out to prove a little something after the controversy surrounding his exit with the COVID and everything. He could come out and and try to do something. I I would be remiss if I didn't point out Brooks Kapka.
1: Brooks Kapka, I don't remember the exact stat, and I don't have it pulled up here in front of me uh for some reason. Brooks Kapka's is like sixty strokes under par, better than every player in the major since twenty
2: sixteen. It's something otherworldly. It was insane. You said that to us this morning, and I was like, my jaw just. Absolutely I think dropped he's the like
1: eighty four under par since twenty sixteen right. in the majors. Jordan Speeth's second at twenty two under. Yeah, and yeah. Xander Shoffley. Xander Shoffley. Xander Shoffley is third. Yes, I, I think he was twenty under. Don't quote me on those numbers. I just know it's a huge jump. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like. If you had to pick somebody to win this week, your guy is
2: John Rom. I can't say I'm.
1: Um, I i can not say I disagree with you on John Rom. I do like John Rom. Mm-hmm.
2: John Rom's not my pick to win this tournament. Mm-hmm. Brooks Kapka is your pick?
1: I like Brooks Kapka, but he's not my pick either.
2: Oh, and tell me who it is.
1: Rory McElroy. Whoa. I am going completely off the board. I understand, you know, the win at the Wells Fargo broke, a, a broke the losing streak. Yeah. There's something about him this week that I feel like he's going to go overlooked. Mm-hmm.
2: Patrick Reed's another guy I like this you week, see, too. Uh, Patrick Reed's one of my guys. Here's a guy that I'm choosing who I think is due for a win. And we've talked about his name a lot when we've talked about these majors Tony Fino. He is. I love Tony Fino. He is. He has. He has. He he has been on virtually every uh-huh. major's team. I. It, yeah. mm-hmm. And here's the thing. You talked about how uh, John Romm's 51 under at Torrey Pine since 2017. He was five strokes better. He was five strokes better than Tony Ro- Tony Finau. Who's?
1: I about to say he's not better than five strokes better than Tony, Tony Romo. Romo,
2: who's actually a pretty good golfer. But yeah, I was is. saying that wrong. One more name that I want to mention before I, I hand it over to Jeremy with his DFS picks. Mark Leishman. Mark Leishman is someone who I'm thinking is going to make a top five run and possibly run at the tournament this week.
1: I, it, just since you said in that range, and anybody to me that's in that, if you're playing on the, the mm-hmm. DraftKings Fandals, all those things, uh, Louis Houston is a guy that I can't get away from uh-huh. because he just constantly manufactures top 10s <laughs> and majors. It's like, is it major time? Louis Houston is going to be up there. He, he's only, he's only 8,000 on, on DraftKings. That's, that's not enough. I am going to stick with my pick, though. I think Rory McIlroy is going to win this U.S. Open. I love it. I'm a, it's a little off the beaten path, I, but I love it. Not the not the usual pick, but I'm a, and obviously I like Rahm. I like Hapka. Yeah. Uh, if you're looking for somebody, you know, in that cheaper range, mm-hmm. I do like Brandon Steele, and I like Rafa Cabrera bella okay. okay. He he once made me a. Um, he made me a doubloon or two because he finished in fourth, and he was about the tenth cheapest guy in the field. Right, right, right. So I'm always remiss to anytime it's a course that I think think fits his style. That's uh,
2: yeah. it's something I'm I'm looking be forward. Looking to I'm do. looking forward this weekend. I feel like you've got a bit of of of. It's another major. Golf majors are awesome to watch. There's Let's a lot clear. of intrigue here. Yeah,
1: I I just feel like there's almost no way that we don't go into the into Sunday having some combination of John Rom, Jordan Spieth, Brooks Kapka, uh-huh. um, Patrick Reed, Rory yeah. McIlroy, Colin Morikawa, yeah, Louis
2: Oosthuizen. Yeah, I mean they're all all. In that's day. the it, that's also the have, seven of the top ten in my opinion. You mind. also have the Phil Mickelson. Basically, can he do it? And that's about. I'm looking forward to that.
1: We'll be here. Uh, Thursday and Friday for coverage of the U.S. Open. Yes, Brian and I will be back tomorrow with Press Box Seth. Yep. Tank will be back on Thursday. We'll be live in the Wicked Week studios, 9 a.m. in the morning at the Sports Check us out on all the social medias.